Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Hi, hi. I am coming at you slightly late with this podcast episode because today is my birthday. Yay! It's also a holiday. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, so just kind of took a little time to breathe for a second. And now I'm right back to it today to talk to you about ways to improve your sales page. And this has been on my mind lately because I am revamping a lot of stuff on my website. Uh, in preparation for launching my evergreen funnel for my SEO Made Simple course. And in case you're not familiar, an evergreen funnel simply means that instead of doing one or two live launches for my course every single year where I put my all into it and I put a ton of time and energy into raising awareness about the course and marketing, instead I'm going to be steadily promoting the course via my email list at all times throughout the year and enrolling people that way. And I'm doing this because live launches absolutely burned me out, like go to bed and sleep for a week type of burnout. And now that my husband and I are expanding our family in 2021, I know that that type of business model just isn't going to fit into my life much longer. Like I don't have any interest in basically shutting myself off to the world for two weeks while I launch something, I really want my business to function in a way that fits more into my life instead of takes over my life. So by using an automated evergreen system, I can then turn my attention to what I really love, which is teaching and content creation and blogging, knowing that as I put in the work to expand my audience, Everyone who joins my email list will eventually be invited to join my program and some percentage of them will sign up every single month without me having to focus my attention so much on marketing and promotion during certain times of the year. Yay! So anyway, I thought for today's episode, I'd talk you through some of the changes I made to my sales page that made it so much better. And full disclosure, I am currently getting some help on this type of stuff. I didn't come up with all this off the top of my head. I am currently enrolled in Caitlin Batcher's Scale with Success program. And as a part of that program, she gives some guidance on kind of improving your sales page. And I also have been following one of my favorite marketers, Bushra Azar, for several years and have kind of just by process of osmosis (laughs) taken up some of her strategies and integrated some of them. Um, She gives a lot of copywriting tips, which really helps me. So I've integrated some of those tips onto my sales page and into my email copy as well. And to be fair, my old sales page for my SEO Made Simple course was what I would describe as fine. I mean, it worked well enough that roughly 400 people have already enrolled in the course, but I knew that if I wasn't throwing everything into the, into the marketing that sort of surrounds the sales page during my launches, then my sales page by itself as a standalone item needed to be much stronger on its own. So I'm going to walk you through some of the changes that I made with the hope that you can look at your own sales page and pinpoint some ways that you can improve it as well. So I kind of have, let's see, I think I have 10 or so items that I'm going to walk you through today. Uh, Tip number one, pay extra attention to your above the fold content. And above the fold content means what people see when they click on your page, your sales page, 
without scrolling at all. So what fills up the top of the page before they scroll at all? And I did a decent job of optimizing my above the fold content on my previous sales page. It said in big, huge letters, want more blog traffic? This is the course for you. And it basically covered the whole top of the page. And the point here is to capture people's attention, which check, it definitely did that, to be very clear on what someone's gonna get out of the course, check, they want more blog traffic, and also make them feel like they're in the right place, which I do by saying, this is the course for you. The one thing I really added on my new sales page was to make it extra clear what someone would get out of the course. So I say, want more blog traffic? This is the course for you. That's all true, but what's the outcome? And what are they really learning? So I added the statement, learn four simple strategies to 10x your traffic from Google. So that way they know they're gonna learn, okay, four simple strategies, and the outcome is at least 10x your traffic from Google. And also make sure that in this top of the fold section that you're really focusing all on the person who's coming to your page and what's in it for them. I see this mistake being made often in the online space where they kind of waste that above the fold content talking about themselves or talking about their program, but not focusing on the person coming to the site and helping them understand whether they're in the right place and whether you're going to provide something that they're actually looking for. So double check, what does your above the fold content look like? Could you do better about really calling the attention of your ideal buyer, making it very clear what problem you solve for them and what outcomes they'll get so they know that they're in the right place before they scroll anywhere. Tip number two, name your course and describe who it's for right away. So on my old sales page, after you know I had that blurb on the top, if you scrolled it a little bit, I just simply dove right into describing the problems that my current ideal customer had at the moment, and I never even mentioned the actual name of my course. So I just dove right in and started saying, does this sound familiar? You're creating high quality content, but no one sees it. You don't understand why others have so much success online while you're stuck on the struggle bus, blah, blah, blah. I just like highlighted a bunch of problems that people were having, again, to make them feel like they're in the right place. But I sort of jumped the gun on that because uh, I didn't actually mention the name of my course anywhere on my sales page except for like near the checkout button. So I decided to change that up and be extra clear right at the top of the page on who on what the name of my course is and who it's for. So I want to make sure I'm calling out to my ideal customer and make it feel like I'm specifically for that or that I'm here specifically for them and not for anyone and everyone. So I added a little blurb that says, introducing SEO made simple for dietitians, food bloggers, and wellness professionals who want a clear strategy to grow their blog ASAP so they can have a bigger impact and make some money. And then I go into describing the problems like I did on my old sales page. So it was a small tweak, but I do feel like it was impactful, makes it a lot more clear and obvious what the sales page is for. And again, I don't know if you made this mistake, but I actually found it hilarious that I never mentioned the name of my course anywhere in the regular copy on my old sales page. Oops. (laughs) So that was like sort of a duh moment, but something that I think will make a difference. Tip number three, highlight what your ideal customer is doing right now that's not working for them and be clear that your course can fix it. (laughs) So 
I kind of sort of did this on my old sales page, um, but I was really just calling out problems and not really making it that clear uh, that my course could solve them. Um, And I would say sort of, I don't know, I just would say things that I don't even know if my ideal customer knew was a problem they were having. Like I went a little too deep in the woods, like saying things like, it's not enough to just post stuff you're interested in. You need to create content your ideal client is searching for. That's how you stop wasting time and start moving the needle. And then I just like moved on and I never said, hey, by the way, my course can help you do that. I just started talking about something else, um, which is obviously weak sauce. So on the new version, I actually called out the mistakes that they were making and specified that my course would solve the issue. So the language I used was a lot more strong. And this leads me to point number four, do your best to talk authoritatively about your offering. Just with my personality, I tend to err on the side of like, hey, here's my thing. I think it's pretty awesome, but I don't like to talk myself up. So I hope you think it's great too. Okay, thanks. Bye. Like (laughs) that was sort of the vibe on my old sales page. I spent a little bit of time talking about the benefits, but not nearly enough. So for my new sales page, and this was pretty challenging, I really pushed myself to work on this. So instead of saying things like blah, 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 this course will show you how. I was more specific in what they're actually getting. So I would say things like, I've developed a complete system that will skyrocket your traffic from Google. And getting more traffic from Google is the number one thing to focus on for long-term growth. So see how I describe my course as providing a complete system? That makes it clear that it's not just a bunch of fluff. It's actually a step-by-step system to follow to get the desired result. And that's much less overwhelming to the potential customer. And I don't know about you, but for me, reading that type of thing makes me feel more at ease because I'm very much a type A analytical person who loves processes and systems and checklists. So knowing that that's the type of content I'd be getting makes me feel more inclined to want to sign up. And I repeat this throughout the sales page. I repeatedly refer to my program as a step-by-step roadmap, a highly effective framework, et cetera, et cetera, because it is, and it just never crossed my mind to describe it in that way prior to revamping my sales page. And it also pushed me when I was really thinking about how to talk about my course in a way that made sense. I actually made some pretty big changes to the structure of the course itself. I actually ended up sort of changing the way that I talked about the course. So instead of just being like, this is my course, there's six lessons, blah, blah, blah. I changed the way I talk about it to describe it as a course that teaches a proprietary framework and actually named that framework. And I talk about that framework that you will learn in all of my marketing materials. And that was a bit of a mental shift to think that I could create a framework for something and teach it to others. Uh, Imposter syndrome, you know, still slides in like, who am I to come up with a framework and give it a name and then actually talk about how it can help people. But Oh my gosh, like once I did that, it really made a difference. So once I had organized and conceptualized and named this framework, I went back into the course content and sort of restructured everything so that it fit this framework. And I renamed the course lessons and things like that. And 
I already feel so much more excited and pumped about it. And I haven't released it yet to anyone, not even the current students, but that is what's coming soon. Um, And it really helped me because, you know, I, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that my background is in education and I was a tutor for a really long time in college and after college and in grad school and even when I first became a dietitian. So I... And I also worked in research in academia before becoming a dietitian. So I just really have this strong academic focus. And so when I really took a step back, I looked at my course and the lessons and the way I structured it in the modules. And I'm like, this is kind of like I structured it more like a college course or something with kind of boring, stuffy lessons like lesson five backlinks like, woo, it's going to make everyone get excited, right? Um, So now I restructured it so that instead of just teaching stuff in the course, I'm really focused on helping people implement a framework and walk people through that framework so it will get them results. And I renamed everything to be a lot more exciting. So, um, you know, in, in that same lesson where I used to just call it backlinks, I'm now talking about teaching people the backlink bonanza method and, you know, action steps that you can take to get a lot of backlinks to your website. And how much more fun is that, honestly? Step number five, or tip number five, address common objections on your sales page. So if you've launched your course before, chances are you've gotten some feedback on why people didn't enroll, either in your comments, your DMs, email, or maybe feedback surveys if you got that fancy. So make sure you spend some time addressing those on your sales page. I literally didn't do that at all on my old sales page, and that was really a big mistake. And as I've gotten more clarity by running my course for a few years, This part was actually easier than I expected it to be. I know the objections that people have. I just hadn't taken the time to address them in my marketing or in my sales page. So some of the objections that I've called out on the new sales page are, I know it's easy to put off SEO as another thing you'll focus on later. And then I walk them through why that's a mistake and the benefits they'll receive by making SEO a priority now. I also address some of the kind of mental or personal limitations people feel, I say, you can do this, even if you're not really a tech person, even if you have no idea what type of content to create, even if you failed at this in the past. I also call out some other things that people bring up. I know you might be thinking, I don't have time to blog, but that's not true. And then I explain why and how my course can teach you how to blog with the most effective use of your time possible. And um, just a side note, a lot of times an objection that comes up from your students and also, you know, in if you hang out in course creator communities and you talk about things like objections, um, one of the ones that comes up again and again and again is price as an objection. And yes, you'll hear that a lot, but it's not really a core objection that you need to be addressing on your sales page for a few reasons. Number one, we prioritize our spending for things that we believe are important. So if price is a current objection, then you haven't completely sold them on the value yet. So focus there. Number two, there is almost always a secondary fear behind this objection. Like, I'm scared to invest this amount because I've signed up for other courses in the past and I never even opened them. So 
behind that, they're really saying, I'm unsure that I will actually get a return on my investment through this course because I'm not confident that I'll actually complete it or implement anything from the course. So the real fear and objection is feeling like they might not actually take action. So how does your course alleviate that fear? How are accountability and community baked into your materials to help them reach their goals? And just to be completely honest, real talk, you will get pricing objections whether you're selling something for $19.99 or for $1,999. So go deeper than that to find the real objection. Number six, focus on the transformation. And this is something I used to do in my sales emails, but not really on my sales page. So on this new sales page, I actually have five different sections on the page that drive home the outcomes they will achieve by the end of the course. So I say things like, by the end of the course, you will understand how to get thousands of people to your website so you can start earning real online income, craft seriously amazing blog posts that are worthy of the top spots in Google, et cetera, et cetera. And then I also say, I have a whole section that says, the SEO Made Simple course is an all-in-one solution. You'll learn, and then there's more bullet points, like how to deliver mega value and actually help people online, how to connect with your people without being attached at the hip to social media, how to become known as an authority in your niche, blah, blah, blah. And another one that says, after learning the SEO framework, you will have more visitors coming to your website, more opportunity for passive income, a clear plan to grow your blog long-term, blah, 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 blah. Then I even throw in just some statements like, the SEO Made Simple course teaches you exactly how to blog like a pro, so you can run a legitimate online business, be your own boss, and have the time and schedule freedom you crave. And a few more, and in six weeks, you'll have a complete blogging system in place and be running your blog like a boss. Like, Stuff like that, where I, I outline or highlight the transformations they'll experience and the benefits that they will get after completing the course. And it's I'm very specific to say, like, these are the benefits you get after taking this course, not just like, these are the benefits of SEO in general, because then some people will be like, oh, cool, I'll just go teach myself, which, yes, you could do that, but you can't say that that's the benefit that they'll get just from trying to teach themselves, because it's not. Not everyone can really take uh, this information from a bunch of different sources and drill it down into things that are applicable for them, or else everyone would be doing that, and there would be no need, really, for courses. So I do think one of my superpowers as someone who has a background in tutoring and education is consolidating information in a very actionable, helpful way and guiding people through complex topics. So that's the benefit of, you know, taking a course on this and getting a framework to follow. You don't have to spend your time kind of putting it all together yourself. So maybe double check to see if you accidentally did that too, like just talking about the benefits of the topic instead of the benefits of your course. Um, And you might notice as well that The language that I'm using to describe the outcomes is very easy to understand. I also had to make some tweaks there because when I really went back and looked at what I was saying on my original sales page, I used a lot of like SEO, techie, industry jargon, like keywords and and sessions and page views and traffic and I don't know, just stuff that I'm not 100% sure that my people even really know what it means yet until they've started diving into this stuff. So I I took it back a step and I said more simple things like get people to your website because that's the same thing as 
getting a bunch of traffic, right? Except you're talking about people, not traffic. So um, just little tweaks like that are good to notice as well. So this leads me to my next point, point number seven, stop being boring and stuffy and infuse some personality into your copy. So take off that uber professional hat and let your authentic self shine through in your copy. I feel like in general, I do this pretty well online and in my podcast, but since my new sales page is a lot longer, it's a longer form sales page, I think I had a lot more opportunity to show my personality, to tell stories, to make people smile or feel connected. Um, I use you know language that I would say, like if I was talking to a friend, like half-assing your SEO strategy just leads to endless nights crying over your keyboard, wasted time, and missed opportunities. Because I know anyone reading that who maybe has been trying to blog on their own will be like, oh my god, like I cried over my keyboard on this night when I accidentally deleted my whole blog post and I couldn't recover it, like whatever. Everyone's had that moment. (laughs) So uh, saying things like that can really help connect you with your audience. Um, And I use like kind of Uh, laid back language, like get freaking noticed online, run your blog like a boss, like blah, blah, blah. So you want to infuse your personality onto your website since people are signing up to learn from you specifically. And some people I think have this fear of like, oh, if I show up in this certain way or show people my real personality, you know, some people aren't going to like it or they're going to get turned off or, you know, they they want me to be this buttoned up professional, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But Let's face it, we as business owners are not meant for everyone. So you want to fly your authentic flag loud and proud so that you can attract the right people to you and repel the people who don't jive with your vibe (laughs) or otherwise they're going to sign up. And if you behave in a different way inside your course or when you're um, communicating with your audience as your true self, when you feel more comfortable, they're going to be like, who's this chick or who's this guy? Um, and where where did this come from? This isn't what I expected. And, you know, you just want to be very transparent and consistent and upfront um, with what your brand is and what you're about throughout the whole process from the marketing materials through the content of the course. And number eight, uh, don't get lost in the technical details. So for example, on my old sales page, when I was trying to describe the content of the course, I did the most boring thing possible. I literally went into my uh, sort of lessons area of my website and took screenshots of all the lessons and like the different sections of the lessons with the titles and how long they are. And I literally just put those screenshots on the page. (laughs) womp womp like that is so boring and not exciting and the truth is knowing the titles of all of your lessons is not a factor in convincing someone that your course can help them and even worse the titles that I'd given some of the lessons would not make anyone jump out of their chair and take notice like do my ideal customers even know what caching or a CDN is like nine times out of ten no so it feels like way too much of a zone out trigger that no one was asking for And the last thing you want to do on your sales page is lose people's attention. So on my new sales page, instead, I highlight the key transformations that each lesson will provide. So here's an example. Lesson two, research. And then I have bullet points underneath. And I say, master my super effective and shockingly simple keyword research strategy. Stop pulling content out of thin air and get crystal clear on what to write about. Learn how to prioritize your posts to grow your business and bottom line. 
Use my custom keyword planner spreadsheet to organize your ideas. And then I get into a little bit of the technical stuff. I say 2.5 hours of video lessons and tutorials walking you through each step, informal homework assignments to help you take action now, monthly live Q&A calls with Erica, and 24-7 access to the course community. So that's so much more inviting to read. It gets you pumped up to dive into the course and doesn't make your eyes glaze over scrolling through dozens of boring lesson titles. Tip number nine Include stories and wins, not just your usual testimonials, and add names and pictures if you can. So this was a totally new strategy for me as well. Of course, I've seen people do this on their sales pages, but as a newer course creator, when I first made this original sales page, the first go around, I didn't have any testimonials. So, and if that's you, that's fine. You've got to start somewhere. And then the second time I launched it, I did have testimonials, but I was very like timid about it. I sent out an anonymous feedback survey because I wanted people to be honest and not feel intimidated, like I would be mad if they said something negative in the feedback and know who they were. So I sent out an anonymous feedback survey, which included a area where they could leave a testimonial if they wanted. And I used those on my sales page. And I just like literally copy pasted these anonymous testimonials onto my sales page. And cool, you know, that's better than no testimonials, but you know, they're not exactly the most exciting things in the world to read. Um, So this time I used a combination of testimonial style quotes and student wins on the sales page. And yes, I got everyone's permission this time before including anything on the sales page, including the right to username and photo, and that really added a lot to the visual attractiveness of the page. So instead of kind of like a text-heavy, bulky quote on the page, my new sales page calls out wins. Like I have little boxes with people's pictures and their name, and I say things like, Sarah doubled her website traffic and qualified for Mediavine in three months, and then a little bit of an elaboration. Or Lisa is now getting 10 times more website traffic, and then a little bit more of the story. That draws people's attention. It calls out the wins and the results that people get that they could get too. And it's a lot more fun to read. It gets you more excited than, you know, the usual faceless testimonial of like, this course was awesome. I really recommend it, blah, blah, blah. So that was a really big improvement. I put a lot of effort into getting those testimonials. Um, I sent out surveys. Uh, I also, um, I would go through the kind of Facebook group that I have, the private course community where people share their wins. And if I saw a really exciting one, I would reach out and ask if I could use that on the sales page, etc. So I put more effort into it and I think the results are going to be worth it. So um, my last point is to really push yourself to step up your graphics game. So this is tip number 10. Uh, I don't know about you, but this one's always a struggle for me. Uh, For graphic design type of stuff, like I know what I like when I see it, but I struggle to create pretty things from scratch. So on my last sales page, I kind of just like avoided making graphics entirely. So it was just text and of different sizes and colors and some boxes that I had made using my page builder. Um, But it, it was not the most visually pleasing thing on the planet. So this time I was committed to creating and including some cool mock-up graphics that I always see on other people's sales pages. Like when you see people describing their course and then there's like 
a computer screen with their course on the computer and then maybe there's little like iPads around it showing bonuses and things like that. I wanted to push myself to do something like that as well. And it turns out it's actually not as hard or as intimidating as I thought. In fact, Canva, it's that's a website for kind of graphic design stuff if you're not familiar. I have the paid Canva plan. Uh, and they provide mock-up templates that you can use. So you can make these yourself in Canva. And the way that I did it was first I thought about what I would want to include on the mock-up screen. Like what would I want to be showing on this fake computer screen? And then I created a graphic in Canva that was the shape of the computer screen or the iPad screen or whatever it was. And I designed that. And then I saved it and downloaded it to my computer and then uploaded it back to Canva as my own upload. So it would show an upload section, like any picture that you could upload and use in Canva. Then I would create a new design, a second design, and drag over uh, the sort of computer screen templates uh, over onto that design. And if you've never tried to find these sort of templates for uh, doing computer mockups, you can find them by going to the elements section on the left hand side and then in the little search bar typing tablet frame or iPhone frame or computer frame, anything with the word frame after. And depending what you type in, they might pop up immediately or you might have to scroll a little bit, but eventually you'll see a computer or a phone or a tablet screen design that has a picture of green grass blue sky and a cloud in it. And if you see that, that means, oh, this area of the design element, you can put your own photo there. Um, so you wanna take that element, drag it over to your design, and then you can go back to your uploads area where you already uploaded the design you wanted to put in that frame, drag it over, and it'll sort of insert itself right into that computer screen or tablet screen or phone screen. So that's how you do it. I don't know why I thought it was going to be more complicated than that. It wasn't that hard. And you can use obviously multiples of these. So you could make a layered design showing a computer screen and then also some tablets or a phone screen all together on the same image if you wanted. So I, I, I pushed myself to create some fancier stuff like that and I used it on the sales page. So I highly recommend experimenting with that for your own stuff. Um, I, I know that as someone who's not super advanced with the design elements uh, that was it made me feel super cool like I remember talking to my boyfriend or my boyfriend geez we're married now my husband um being like oh my gosh I, I feel so advanced doing this right now <laughs> this is amazing and he's just like cool <laughs> so you'll probably feel like that too but um yeah and then it makes your page just really pop and look really professional and stand out um so that's a tip as well and then I just wanted to wrap up this episode with two things that I thought I actually did right on my old sales page that I wanted to talk about here. So I think one of the biggest things that I did right was including a frequently asked questions section on the sales page. And this is where you want to address any questions that you get about your course again and again and again. So uh, if you if more than one person has asked you this question, there's probably a hundred more people with the same question. So you might as well address it right on the sales page. And speaking from experience, this doesn't mean that you still won't get that question because people don't read every single word on your sales page and they'll probably still email you. 
or some percentage of people will email you, but you're going to cut out at least some of those by addressing these questions directly on the sales page. And I set it up just as like an accordion box on the sales page with, uh, you can do this with your page builder, whatever you use, um, and you can set it up so the question shows and then you click a button to expand with the answer. So this is where I addressed things like broader questions like, is this the right course for me? Um, so one of the questions I get sometimes is, do you have to be a dietitian to take this course? Because people will say, oh, I have a therapist friend who wants to start blogging. Like, would this apply to them? And so I answer that question. Um, another question that I get all the time is like, oh, do I already have to have a blog or a website before I sign up for this course? Um, would this be a good fit for private practice dietitians? Do I have to be using WordPress to get value out of the course? Is this actionable advice? Uh, how much time does it take to complete the course? How is it formatted? How long do I have access to the content? Do I have direct access to Erica? Are there CEUs available? Can't I just figure this out on my own? And when will this course be offered again? So those are some of the, the biggest questions I've gotten. Um, who knows if I'll add to that or take something out, but um, that's what I'm rolling with at this moment. So you probably have similar frequently asked questions, um, especially if you've marketed your course before. So anytime you get a repeated question, just throw it up there in the frequently asked questions section, and that will save you a lot of admin work moving forward. And then the final thing that I think I did right the first time was including sign up buttons throughout the sales page. So I'm not sure if I did this in the very first iteration of my sales page. I want to say I didn't. I think the very first sales page I ever made, you had to read through everything and then there was just one sign up button at the very end. Um, but then I think at least the second time that I, I launched, I had a sign up button at the very top before you scrolled. I had at least one in the middle of the sales page. The sales page wasn't as long, so I might have just had one thrown in there uh, throughout the sales copy. And then I had another one at the bottom because a certain percentage of people will just like scroll until they see how much the course costs or they just scroll to the very bottom first and then decide if they want to go back and read stuff. So having it at the end is helpful too. So I think on this new sales page, I have it even more times because the sales page long is longer. So I have more space in the body to add more call to actions, but definitely at least at the very top, at the very bottom, and at least once in the middle of the content. So you don't want to make the mistake of just having one sign up button um, because it gets easy to miss and people don't necessarily read every single word on your page. So you want to make it obvious for anyone to find how to sign up for your program right now because that's what they're there to do. Some people don't need any more convincing by the time they get to your sales page. They're already sold through your other marketing content um, and they just want to buy. So make it easy for those people who are ready to go right now. So that's it for my episode today. I am just speaking from the heart here and uh, some changes that I made with my sales page that I think were helpful. So I hope just hearing how I went through that process and some of the changes I made, um, hopefully that will help you if it's time for you to revamp your sales page as well. Um, and I think a lot of this applies not just to selling like an online course, but selling anything on your website. So even if you're doing services or something like that, uh, hopefully some of these tips will be applicable for you as well. And other than that, I will see you next week. Have a fabulous middle of February and... I look forward to whatever we're talking about next week. See you then. Bye.